In this episode of the Passion to Action series, we explore the Girl Scouts Junior Main Guide Program at Camp Natarswi and discover the determination and skills required for Girl Scouts to earn their JMG certification. Established in 1937 by the Maine State Legislature, the program promotes the use of the Maine wilderness for recreation and environmentally responsible land use practices. Unique to Maine, the Junior Maine Guide Program is offered at only 10 camps in the state. Girl Scouts have been earning their JMG certifications for nearly 90 years. Offered to youth ages 9 through 18, the progressive curriculum of more than 15 skill sets teaches campers to be self-reliant and cultivate a respect for the environment. JMGs learn how to take a leading role in safe, fun, and leave-no-trace trip planning and master such skills as axemanship, canoeing, shelter and fire building, map making and identification skills, equipment planning, food preparation, first aid, tree identification, wilderness regulations, and more. Today I'll be talking with Teresa Wheeler, also known as Tree, Camp Natarswi Director for the Girl Scouts of Maine, and two Girl Scout Camp Natarswi JMG alums, Vicki and Delaney. We'll dig into what the program requires, the skills these young women have mastered, both personal and outdoor, the bonds that are developed through this program, and the young girl leaders who are blossoming as a result. Welcome to a Passion to Action edition of the Daughters of Change podcast, where you'll hear the stories of young women who have turned their passion into action through Girl Scouting. Encouraged and prepared through the Girl Scout leadership experience to imagine solutions and chase innovation where others only see challenges. These girls are exploring their big ideas with freedom and flexibility. They are motivated to build things from scratch, unleash their potential, and lead us toward the answers our future requires. Prepare yourselves to be amazed. Before we get started, a special thanks and a big shout out to our collaboration partners for the Passion to Action campaign. The Girl Scouts of Maine, building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. And First National Bank and First National Wealth Management, serving Maine from 17 branches along the coast and inland in Bangor. Dream first, our best days are ahead. Hello, Tree, Delaney, and Vicki. Welcome to this special edition of the Daughters of Change podcast. We're in the Passion to Action series with 
the Girl Scouts of Maine and the First National Bank. And I'm so glad to have you here today. We have a lot of really exciting and fun things to cover. So thank you all for taking time to do this podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having us. And we have a lot of things to cover. But before we get into the Junior Maine Guide Program, I want to get to know a little bit about the three of you. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask you all a couple of questions if you're okay with that. And Tree, I want to know, what is your favorite thing about your job? That's actually a loaded question. I really have uh, enjoyed every moment of working with the Girl Scouts of Maine. Um, but I'm, I guess I would have to say working with the girls uh, at camp, developing the programs that we're offering and getting to know all of the girls watching them grow, and as well as the camp staff. Um, it, is, uh, it is truly um, a passion working at camp and, and uh, hanging out with all of them. Yeah, and you work with some pretty amazing girls and young women, too, as I've been getting to know a lot of them this past year. So I, I could see why you like your job so much. And the staff's really cool, too. I have to give a shout out to the staff as well. Yes. So I get, I get why you enjoy your job so much. And Vicki, I want to ask you, how long have you been a Girl Scout? And what's your favorite thing about being a Girl Scout? I've been a Girl Scout since first grade, so that would be like 10 or 11 years at this point. Uh, I think my favorite thing is just the friendships. Like, that might sound kind of cliche, but like some of my closest friends I made through my troop. And I think some of my closest friends um, that I really have, I only see once a year in July at Camp Natarsui. It's It's great. So real bonding experience, right? These are these are things that you're doing together that you wouldn't normally maybe do with other kids or other young women. So it really it really makes I imagine for an incredible bonding experience that you'll carry through I bet for your whole life. Yeah. We do a lot of challenging things together, which I think makes our bond really strong. Yeah, that's really nice. And Delaney, how long have you been a Girl Scout and what have you learned being a Girl Scout that you don't think you would have learned otherwise? Um, this is my 10th year of doing Girl Scouts, and I've learned so many outdoor skills, uh, especially by doing camp. Like a month ago, probably, in my science class, we were learning about contour lines. And as a part of JMG, we have to learn all about topographical maps. So I knew so much more than everyone else in that class about them. Yeah, that's pretty incredible if you think about it. I that wasn't I wasn't expecting you to say that, you know, and I that's really interesting because so what you're learning, you're applying to your education and to your day-to-day life as well. So that's yeah, I like I love that answer to lady. That's really good. Um so Tree, I know that Camp Natarsui is one of 10 camps that's involved in the Junior Maine Guide program. How many girls actually attend the junior main guide program and what is it that's a little bit different about Camp Natarsui in terms of the gender makeup? It's an excellent question. Um, I mean there are 10 camps. Out of the 10 camps, two of those camps are actually all-girl programs but some of them are co-ed. So overall there's probably out of the 110 uh, participants that have participated that summer there's about 40 of them that are girls if that is my best guess every it changes every year um and we send approximately 8 to 10 girls 
to test camp each summer. And of the uh, the other camps that also send girls, is Camp Natarswi the only all-girl camp? Uh, no, there is one other all-girl camp. So you're what? You're one of two. One of two, yes. Go Camp Natarswi! Woohoo! I love that. And I'm going to ask you. I want to. I'm going to come back to the girls here in a minute, and we're going to talk about their experience and all the things they've learned. But before they do that, I really want people to understand more about the Junior Maine uh, Guide Program and what it entails, because it's this is not for like this is not for wimps, right? Uh, so first of all, I know it's comprised of three different levels that are all incorporated into the experience at Camp Natarsui, right? So can I want to just break that down a little bit for people. So the first thing I want to ask you is, are there prerequisites for the girls to participate in the Junior Main Guide program? That is a yes and a no question. Um, if they are starting off with level three, which is the junior main guide program, that's the four-week program where they spend three weeks planning and a week at test camp, um, we do encourage them to have two or at least two years or more of some type of camping experience in outdoor education. Um, you know, it's a really a benefit if they have participated in the two younger levels, but it is not um, a requirement. Somebody could come and challenge it if they have that background on their own. Got it. Um, but the two younger programs, there are not any uh, prerequisites. They can they can sign up for the, the Junior Maine Woodsman program or the Woodsman program, and that can be their first experience. Got it. So now let's actually... If you don't mind, tell us, you've, I know that you've said them in that answer, but just to sort of go through it in a chronological order, what are the three levels and roughly the age groups for each level? Sure, absolutely. Um, the Junior Maine Woodsman Program is the youngest program. It's a two-week program, and uh, typically those um, campers are fifth grade to seventh grade. And uh, the Woodsman program is seventh to ninth grade, and that's a three-week program. And then we have the Junior Main Guide program, which is the level three program. And those, uh, those campers are age 14 to 18. Okay, fantastic. And basically, those first two levels, they can do right at Camp Natarsui, but you have the curriculum. And then that third level, they do most of the weeks at Camp Natarsui, but then they will get into it further. They go through um, a pretty intensive uh, five days of uh, of getting certified. So we'll, we'll move into that a little bit later. Uh, and I also, talking with uh, Vicki and Delaney before we did the podcast and with you, Tree, and then looking at the program, there are some pretty serious skills that these girls learn. Um, and so what are some of the skills that they learn at each level and how is it a progressive curriculum? Sure, absolutely. There are um, 21 overall skills. The two younger levels do 19 of the 21 skills, but their axemanship, uh, individual shelter, map of Maine, map of area, wilderness regulations, trees, fire building, I mean, I could list them all. There are quite a few, but there's progression with all of them. And um, fire building is the easiest one that most people will understand. Uh, the first level, they're literally learning about 
how to properly build, collect fire, um, and, and make that fireplace so that they can have, um, have and build their fire. Uh, level two, they're going to bring in axemanship and, um, and using a knife to be able to split the wood. And they're going to boil water. It's going to be soapy water. And they're going to have about 25 minutes to do that so that there's an end to that piece. Um, and then when they get to the third level, it's actually called wet day fire. And they take what we call a billet, which is a log. They're going to soak it for five minutes. They're going to split it with their wood, with their axe and their knife and build a fire. And they have 20 minutes to get all of that done and the water boiling and their fire not, you know, not to go out. So, and there's 20 minutes for them to do that. So that's kind of the progression of fire building for them, but there's progression for, you know, the map of area, uh, the map of Maine, the map of Maine, they'll start with just a few lakes and towns uh, going all the way up to having to know all the big streams and uh, lakes and mountain, the ranges and all of that. So, um, there's progression throughout the whole the whole program for them. That's wonderful. So each of those skills they they progress with at each level, and we already yes. heard how that helped Delaney at school the other the <laughs> was it last year, Delaney? Yeah. Yeah, it was this year. It was this year. So I yeah, that's uh, that's really great. How transferable these skills are in ways that you might not think about while you're learning them, right? Um, and I know we, we did touch upon this, but how do the three levels flow into the camp experience at the Tarsui? So the younger level uh, is the is the intro level. It's a two-week program. Um, the girls don't have to, you know, have any skills when they come and take part, take part in that program. And, um, you know, so they would come one year and do that one. The next year they would come and do the three-week program, which is the Woodsman program. And then the following year, so their third year at camp, they would come and do the Junior Main Guide program. And, you know, that, you know, that could be a program that they would, you know, possibly do one year or two years or three years, depending on, on uh, when they complete all 19 of these skills, which are main... Uh, minors and majors that they all have to to be able to pass to earn that certificate of being a junior main guide. But there are other programs to help prepare the girls as well that we have at camp that are outdoor education programs, you know, back uh, backpacking and canoeing trips that also help prepare the girls before they even go into this program. So. Wow, I'm impressed. I'm already impressed by the skills that the, the girls are learning just from what we've talked about thus far. But how intensive is that certification process at the end of level three? And what I also want to know a little bit about what it entails and then what percentage of campers overall actually get their certification like the first time. Well, the uh, the test camp, we call it test camp. Uh, the girls will go for five days uh, when they arrive. Uh, they are in their group. They set up their own, you know, the staff are not helping them. So from the time they get there, they're setting up their encampment, they're getting their meals ready, they're following their plan and setting up for their tests. After they get checked in, they will sign up for um, the different tests that they will be taking part in, um, axemanship, wet day fire, their first aid, map of Maine, leave no trace. Uh, they will even uh, write a Maine issues 
essay. It's a very short one, but they have a whole list of things that they will need to complete. It's up to them to follow their schedule and keep up with their tests. So if they run out of time on Friday and haven't completed all 21 of the tests, that is on them. Um, yes, their staff are there to check in on them and be supportive, but it really is up to the girls to set up their schedule, follow through, and work as a group. So there's a pretty intense uh, week while they're there. There's also a lot of really fun things that go on for them as far as um, the testers will set up speakers in the evening to chat with the girls and just kind of go over. And, the, you know, there are also boys there as well. It's a co-ed program. Um, but we'll just go over all of the different, uh, you know, careers that they could have in outdoor education. And it's a lot of the, the speakers are a, um, a big part of the program. And so it's a pretty, it's a pretty intense testing week for them. Um, when, if they are a first year candidate, um, I am going to say about 45 to 50 percent of them pass their first year. Um, and that is a pretty common, a pretty common thing, whether it is um, one of the boys camps, one of the co-ed camps or one of the girls camps. It's usually about 45 percent to 50 percent pass um, their first year and then it goes up from there their second year it's about 80 to 90 percent and most third years will pass uh, there you know there are always those exceptions but most third years will pass and so when you say um, first second and third year that's that's actually like the first year they try for their certification or the second year they yes it's the first year yes it so is, that's the third level of the guide program, but the first year they try the third level? Yes. So if they sign up for that four-week level three program, they could repeat that multiple years right. up to three years if that's what um, if that's what is required. So Fantastic. Okay, so we know that they're, it's pretty intensive. There's a lot of things that they're learning, and they probably need a vacation when they get back. Um, and I'm going to jump to the girls for a minute now. So, Vicki, how many levels of the program have you been through, and why did you decide to join the program in the first place? I've been through all three levels. I did uh, Junior, Woodsman, Woodsman, and JMG. I mean, I did JMG twice. Like, I was second year this year. Um, initially, I had went – it was actually my parents' idea because I had been going to the other Girl Scout camp in Maine – for a few years and I was older now at that point and I was ready for more of a challenge. So they offered, Hey, this is Camp Natarsui. Do you want to do Junior Woodsman? And I was like, yeah, like that sounds fun. Um, so I went, I had, I had so much fun. I made really good friends there. And what was amazing is like when I was at the camp, I saw the, um, JMGs of that year and I was like, I want to be those people. They're looking like they're having a blast. They they're super confident. They're being awesome. And I want and I want to be that kind of person. So, I stuck with it. And yeah, th then then I passed this year. <laughs> so that was awesome. All right, woo! So you can guide me on my next camping adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That will probably be more of a challenge than the certification program. I just want to let you know, but um, <laughs> it will be fun. Now, Delaney, the same question, you know, how many levels have you been through and why did you decide to do the program? Um, I first started doing like the regular residency programs and a couple other random ones that camp provided. 
Um, and then I actually saw the older girls doing JMG as well, and I thought that they looked really cool, and I just, I really wanted to try it. So I started doing um, Junior Woods Woman, and then I thought it was really fun, and I really enjoyed doing it. So I did Woods Woman, and then I did JMG this year, and next year I'm going to go back and hopefully pass there you go. And I and I love that both of you really saw the other girls, the older girls doing this and enjoying it. And that was part of what inspired you to do it. So maybe by the, this podcast, the two of you are inspiring some other girls out there to join the program. So good for you. I like that. And Vicki, we were talking about, um, you know, Tree sort of lined up that week, uh, that five day final test encampment that you do, right? And how long does it take you just to get ready to actually leave for that five-day encampment? I think the biggest thing is food, like by far. Um, I think we we had to tell the kitchen like what, what foods we want, I think like a week in advance or something. So we had to do all that planning. And that's a lot of planning. We end up making 10 meals at test camp, four dinners, three lunches, and three breakfasts, uh, plus like snacks and a breakfast for the final morning. But we don't get tested on that. So does it really count? It's just bagels. <laughs> Nothing fancy. Yeah. So not only do we, do we need to know what meals we're going to make, we also need to know that we're confident in making them. So there's a lot of cookouts that we do. We see, is this a good meal to do? Do we work well together in this meal? You got to make sure you have to make sure that you get in. I think it's like three bakes, three boils and three fries, like just to prove that you can cook. Just so people understand, you are preparing that menu in advance and then you are collaborating and communicating with the camp to make sure they have that they know what you're going to do, and when you're going to do it and then to have the food there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're great. And they go out and buy it for us. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. Uh, the other thing that we really need to do is pack. Um, um, and Tree and her staff are really amazing. They pack a lot of things for us, like the things that we don't use on a regular basis. Like we use special like plates and stuff that are just for test camp. And I think they pack like some of our tents, I think. And really only need to pack like our personal gear and maybe like a couple other things that we use. Yeah, they do a lot of it and it's amazing. So a lot of pre-planning goes into this five-day encampment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we're really supported the whole time. That's fantastic. So you're getting supported by the Girl Scouts of Maine, and they're making sure that you have what you need, but you're also having to be part of that sort of strategic planning to get out the door, right? Yeah. And Delaney, what was the hardest things, and I'm saying things with an S, that you're expected to accomplish during the five days? Uh, I think one of the hardest things was the scheduling. Um, Because of COVID, we had blocks of time that we had to complete tests. Um, And sometimes we had to walk a long distance to get to the testing sites. And so, like, fitting it all in and making sure that we had enough time to complete all of them was difficult. So it was the whole time management, right? As yeah. Tree said, you, you're really 
it's dependent on you to sort of have your schedule, figure out your schedule and your time management to get everything done that's expected of you in that five days. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, to add to the, uh, to the packing, uh, because Vicky didn't give them enough credit because they do actually have to tell me everything that they need and it goes on a list. And then yes, volunteers and staff like pack it and make sure that A group and B group have everything they need. But even on their menus, they have to write down, they need one onion, they need half a teaspoon of salt. Uh, They have to be very detailed. And then we put, you know, then the kitchen puts together all of their meals, oh, totally, they need 10, you know, 10 cups of sugar for all of their meals. And so that all goes in a packet. And then those, uh, our um, girls have to, you know, be really mindful, not, you know, not to just put it all on the first meal. And so, but they really do have to count, I need six celery sticks. And then the staff just compiles that and puts it together. And there's a lot of questions going back and forth, I will look at their menu and hand it, or the kitchen will, will hand it back to them with either questions or um, suggestions and maybe they rewrite stuff. So um, it does, it takes more than a week to uh, get that. They really start putting those menus together uh, their very first week. And that is a huge process. It's a huge process to actually get it all packed up and, and loaded up. And so I appreciate the volunteers that actually come that weekend and that's all we do is give, you know, have them go and find, uh, you know, find the three or four axes that have to go or put together all of the onions that have to go for each group. So it's, uh, it's a big undertaking. And, uh, but yeah, the, the scheduling like Delaney was mentioning is, is uh, probably the, the hardest thing for the, for the girls, but also just calming their nerves. Um, they're being tested by people they've never met. So it is, uh, it, it, the whole thing is quite the experience for the girls. It's a, a, a real challenge. So they're the CEOs and the Girl Scouts of Maine are the operations directors. Like they, and, and if you think about it, it really fits with the fact that the Girl Scouts are girl-led. Like the programs are girl-led. They're designed by the girls and the staff and the volunteers are helping to facilitate that. So this is actually another example of that. And and actually, Tree, you just said something uh, there that actually is a beautiful segue into my next question to you, because I wanted to ask you, who actually judges the campers and decides whether or not they get that certification at the end of the encampment period? That's a good question. We, we like to refer to them as, as testers. Um, they are um, volunteers. They're all volunteers. They don't get paid for the week or, or the countless time that they spend before that week getting everything all ready. But um, they are either past junior main guides themselves and they have, you know, fallen in love with the program, which they all do, and are committed to, to helping other young adults um, earn their junior main guide or their main guides themselves that this is, you know, this is their career. This is what they they want to do and be part of the main outdoor education. So it's really a great experience. And 
you know, you can look at the list of the volunteers that help put this on and you can see, you know, you can see that some of them are even Notarswi alum, that they got their junior main guide through Notarswi or um, even our other sister camp who used to offer it as well, uh, Camp Pondicherry. And so it's nice to, to look and see, see that there are also females and males that are, um, that are the testers for this program. Yeah, fantastic. So that's a, you know, big kudos to the people that do that as well, because it takes a lot of time um, out of their schedules, too, and they're volunteering. And Vicki and Delaney, you both talked to me about the leadership and social skills that you feel that you learned because of the program. So I'm going to ask you both a couple of questions about that now. And Vicki, I'm going to start with you. What did you learn about communication and also how to live with people in the small confines of a tent? Um, I think the biggest thing is just being nice to each other, which like feels really obvious, but um, you know, JMG, like there there is an amount of stress that comes with it because you're you're literally trying to pass a test and you're trying to meet deadlines and stuff. So it is stressful and when we got stressed out, we would be really mean to each other. Well, like a little bit. <laughs> um, like I remember the first time it was brought up, like this is a huge moment for me. Um, we were working on a lunch cookout, I think. Um, and I think we were supposed to serve it at like 1230. Um, and I think it was like 12, 1215. And all of a sudden we realized that we had run out of propane. So like our stove was like on, but like it, there was no propane. So like there wasn't any heat. So we had to figure out how to bake muffins that should have taken 45 minutes in like 15 minutes. And the only other option was over fire, which wasn't a fire. It was barely an ember at that time. So while this is happening, I'm over by the table and I'm cutting, I'm cutting some fruit because we were going to have a fruit salad with this. And I said to someone, pass me that trash bag over there. And she was all quiet. She's like, sure. Um, I noticed this and I was like, are you okay? And she's like, I wish we could just be nicer to each other. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, like I thought about like all the last things I I just said to her. And I was like, that was kind of mean. Like I was being very demanding. And then I watched and there's this other girl and she's like, bring me that, uh, heating pad or whatever. And I was like, this is not who we are. We're not this mean to each other. Like, we're all just stressed, so we we finished the meal. It was, like, 12.45, I think, which is fine. I think this was, like, our first week, so to be a little bit late, that's pretty normal, honestly. So I encouraged her to bring up how she felt, and we had a really great conversation um, about how we do need to be nice to each other, even though we do feel stressed. Shout out to everyone involved in that conversation. <laughs> that was great. And we came up with some, like, really practical things, too. It wasn't just we talked about it and not do anything about it. You know, it did get better. We were, we communicated better. We were being nicer to each other. And we really focused on asking questions rather than demands. So instead of saying, like, bring me that trash bag, you could say, could you please bring me that trash bag? Because that, like, respects their dignity. It respects their autonomy. And, yeah, I don't think we had any major problems with that afterwards, too. It was it was a great learning experience for all of us. Yeah, it's really nice. And kudos that you y'all picked up on that and then had the conversation afterwards. So again, these sort of unexpected nuggets and things that you're learning along with those outdoor skills, right? Really, really um, 
very mature way for you all to have handled that too, uh, may I add. So grace under pressure, right? You learn that. You learn that after you've had it happen, right? <laughs> Delaney, what did you learn about social skills in general, especially during the pandemic? I was remote for the school year before going to camp and didn't see many people besides family. So I lost a lot of my socialization skills and I was kind of awkward talking to other people. Um, so when I got to camp, I got to be around everyone for four weeks and got comfortable with them. And it helps me to revisit those skills and improve upon them. Yeah, I think about that. Um, you know, you forget how long we've been away from other people, right? So that's really good that you had the opportunity to get back out and and uh, kind of relearn what you what you knew. Uh, and and Vicky, you told me a really interesting story about how you were learning leadership skills, and initially you didn't even realize that you were. So tell us that story. I think. At first, I didn't realize because I kind of confused leadership with like teamwork and just helping other people. I think at the time, my mindset was like for there to be a leader, there has to be followers rather than leaders just working together. We can all lead each other. Um, So as a second year, like naturally, I had a bigger role because uh, I had done this all before. So um, I did end up helping everybody. And I was like, oh. I guess I just thought, oh, it's just like being nice. I'm just helping out people, you know, no big deal. And at one point, like the counselor, uh, she was like, hey, you're doing such a great job leading all these girls. I was like, oh, (laughs) I guess I am. (laughs) And it it was really fun because, well, at camp, there's kind of this little tradition where at the end of the week, uh, different groups, we make little songs about our week and we sing and we share them with the rest of the camp. And I remember our song, everybody had like a little kind of spotlight and we shared something about them. And I was called the mom of the group. And I was like, that's kind of nice. I like that. So those leadership skills just kind of snuck up on you. Yeah, that's great. They just came out of left field. Yeah, Yeah. I guess. (laughs) They were naturally in there. We all have them, ladies. Remember that. So Delaney, did you have to learn teamwork? during the whole experience, especially that last week? And if you did, what was that like? So by doing Girl Scouts, I've always kind of had to get along with other people and when to be a leader or when to just help out when I can. Um, But because we have to work with our encampments for the four weeks, um, we really learned how to work together and like get everything done well communicating with one another and helping each other out and that built upon my teamwork skills. So that's fantastic. So again, you see that you see that progression not just in the Junior Maine Guide program, but that progression that you learned just from being part of the Girl Scouts. Look at that future leaders everybody. Look out for these girls, you're going to see them. They're going to be doing good things. They're going to be doing cool things. And Vicki, you told me a, a funny story the other day, and it actually reminds me a little bit of what Delaney was was relaying about how her map skills that she learned in the course actually helped her in her uh, class at school. But you recently just got your driver's license and you passed the test. And what was it that you learned 
in the Junior Made Guide program that helped you to pass your driver's test? Well, quite literally, the driver's test is almost the same thing as the canoeing test, except you're in a car on the road instead of a boat in a river. <laughs> like, you get in the vehicle with the tester. You probably don't know the tester very well, but they're nice and they're kind. Uh, we go around the area a bit. They'll tell me what skills I need to demonstrate to them when I do it. And yeah, it was it was really great. And I think it was JMG was very helpful with that because um, after doing two years of it, I was very familiar with taking tests that involved me to do like very practical things. You know, I think a lot of people they think of tests and they think of you're sitting down, you're just filling in like answer bubbles or whatever. But so a driver's test is really new to them, and it. Was, it wasn't new to me at all, honestly, even though it was my first time taking the driver's test. And you passed, right? Yeah, I did. I think another thing that really helped, too, was the professionalism that I had learned at JMG. You know, you might not think about it, but um, part of what we learn is just how to treat the testers. Um, especially at Camp Natarsui, we, we kind of have a reputation there for being really respectful and kind and polite. So... You know, we learned some etiquette stuff, like, you know, we do have to eat a meal with the testers, so we got to make sure we know, you know, what topics to avoid, you know, what are good conversation starters, and it's really great. So, you know, I knew exactly how to um, address them. Hey, I'm Vicky or Victoria. <laughs> it was just nice. Like, I didn't feel super awkward because I was familiar with being with that kind of person. That And now that's a great segue into my next question for Delaney. So Delaney... Um, what did you learn about working with adults at, through working with the testers? You know, that was part of socializing as well, but not just with other kids your age. So what did you learn about socializing with um, with adults and the testers through the experience? Yeah, so when I was going to test camp, I was kind of stressed out about how the judges were going to be because I just didn't know them yet. And I was afraid they would be scary um, but they were very nice, and they were just trying to give positive feedback and help us out. Uh, and they made me feel very comfortable, and they made the whole experience enjoyable because they weren't being super harsh or critical, even though they were to some extent. And did, do you think that helped you a little bit in terms of, um, you know, relating to and and communicating with adults in general when you're out in the outside world. Do you think that that was helpful for that as well? Yeah, definitely. So it's it's funny how we're, you know, we started with one thing, talking about, again, those, I think it was 21 skills you learn about the outdoors, which are so incredible to know. And now we're finding all these other skills that you're developing as a result of this. And actually, this brings me to something else, Vicki, that I, I thought was impressive that we talked about, um, because this is something that I hear about a lot in the workforce. And a lot of adults are talking about this and still trying to figure it out. But you realize the importance of balance, as a result of your experience in the program. So, you know, we might call it work-life balance in the workforce, but you learned about that balance at at uh, the JMG program. So what is it that you learned and how did that happen? Um, I really learned about the importance of balance between work and play. Um, and I really kind of figured that out when looking at my first year and my second year. Because in my first year, I think I spent 
so much time trying to study. I was like going through like the book, like cover to cover, like once a week and stuff. And I was just so tired, like mentally drained. I was so mentally drained at the end of the day. Like all that time studying doesn't do a whole lot. <laughs> but this year was kind of different. We, like I know I did a lot of more kind of normal camp activities. I think we went swimming at one point, like just for fun. Spent a lot of time doing arts and crafts, friendship bracelets. And that really helped because, you know, it wasn't like working all the time. I think it's like really noticeable in the early rise activities. Like at camp, you, if you get up, I think it's like a half hour earlier yeah, impor than normal, It's important to understand that. Activities with the rest of the camp early in the morning. They always offer polar dip, but there's some other stuff. Um, in my first year, I think I went to like two during the first week. And then after that, I was just too tired to do anything else. But this year I went to like three or four a week and it was a lot of fun. It helped me enjoy my time better. Um, yeah, you got to make sure that you always have time just to relax and to have fun because at the end of the day, that will make you more productive. And interestingly, this is the year you passed. It is. <laughs> and you enjoyed it more. Yeah. And Delaney, when you went into the program, did you think it was going to be easy? And what did you find out? I wouldn't say I thought it was going to be easy, but I kind of took the opposite approach um, to Vicky as she did her first year, where I didn't study as much as I needed to. Um, and I was definitely not prepared going into it. Um, so I think next year I really need to study more, but I also need to find a balance of not exhausting myself but putting in more effort and work. Yeah, there it's that balance again. So you learned, you, you, you learned that, but there is that, there's that fine line, right? Of work and play, but you're both learning, which, you know, you're both kind of learning what your levels are because everybody has different thresholds too. That's the thing, right? So I'm enjoying learning about the experience that you both had and what you in turn learned from it. And Vicki, how did you feel when you finished that program this year and actually got your certification. I felt amazing. Literally, I've been working years for this and it like it just made me so confident and like even before I even got it, like my first year, it's like the fact that I went through it and I did well, it brought me confidence. Um like I still think about it today. Like if I'm super nervous, I'll literally think to myself, you know what? I'm a junior main guy. I can do this. I boiled a small can of water in 18 and a half minutes with just a billet, an axe, and a knife. Like I got this. This is easy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you, uh, you mentioned that. The, so to actually be a main guide, it's just a written test, right? But you all have to go through the actual physical test. So do you do you think the junior main guide certification is harder than that written test? I would say it's harder. Yeah. Um, especially since we are younger, too. So it's a lot more on people with less life experience. Um, like we're all main guides are awesome. Like like they are really skilled because they did that as a profession. <laughs> um, if I remember right, I think. One of the testers like actually said that he respects um, a junior main guide more than a main guide, just because the process of becoming a JMG is harder. Yeah, and if you think about it, I mean, that's not saying anything against the main guides because they had to get through the JMG program to actually even get to where they are at the main guides. But that really hard, most challenging part 
is, you know, when you're younger, as you said, at least in my humble estimation. So I I do want to, sorry, I'm going to butt in because I do want to make a correction. Main guides don't actually have to be junior main guides to get their certification. Oh, they don't. So they they are separate with the um, Maine State Department inland fisheries and wildlife department. So they are, they are separate. One is for youth and one is for adults and they're not, um, they're not connected. I mean, they're not the same department, but they're not connected. Uh, you have to have one or the other. So. Oh, interesting. But yeah. they, but they certainly have to know those skills, right? Yes. The main guides do need to know those skills. Um, yes. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. So I stand corrected, but there you go. Um, and, Delaney, what accomplishments did you achieve in the program that you're the proudest of? I say this every time, um, but I'm so proud of how much progress I made with Axemanship. Um, because two years ago, when I was doing the Woodsman program, I was the only one. So when I was working with an axe, I was able to use it for as long as I could, since there was no one else that I really needed to share the axe with. Um, so I just, I tried to chop a billet for probably over an hour straight and I could not, I couldn't get it. Um, so going into JMG, it was actually one of the things that I was kind of nervous about because I hadn't split one before, but I just, I learned how to, um, because, and a lot of people were supportive and they helped me. Um, but in the end I was able to pass axemanship. So I just, I didn't think I would be able to. And I made so much progress. And for anybody out there who has never tried to chop wood or chop a billet, it is not easy. I mean, that, you know, it's not, it's not easy. So good for you. So next year, you've got that down pat, right? You're you're like, no problem there. You're going to be like the billet chopping champion. (laughs) And Tree, you've probably seen some incredible bonding with these girls. So what is the bonding experience like for the girls who participate in the program? I mean, it's an incredible uh, experience. Uh, you know, these girls come to camp, eight or 10 of them for the, you know, for the four weeks they're together. You know, they've got to work on, you know, communication. They have to work together to complete meals. Uh, there, there's a lot going on. There's stress, there's fun, there's tears, there's laughter. And they just create this bond that truly lasts a lifetime. You know, I have talked to junior main guides that were, you know, junior main guides 10, 20, 30 years ago, and their closest friends are the girls they went to camp with and were part of their junior main guide program. But one of the things that I notice about this group, they always have each other's backs. Even if they're having a bad day, they're not getting along. They are going to have each other's backs um, to support them no matter how they're feeling. Um, you know, that is just one of the things that I've noticed. I've seen an entire group be so stressful. I've sat down and had conversations with them and we're all in tears. And from that stress, they built a team that came together and laughing and playing. So it, it, to me, it's an amazing process to watch these girls. They don't know each other when they first start sometimes, or sometimes they have, you know, they know each other very, very well, but not all of them. And they come together and they make 
a family. It's not just camper buddies. They actually make a family and a friendship that lasts a lifetime. And it's really great to watch. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And and Vicky alluded to that. I thought for you know me a bit when you were talking about recognizing that you needed to be kind to each other in the beginning. So that that right there is a huge step in bonding, you know, and the and just the socialization. So yeah, really nice. And okay, now Delaney and Vicky, I'm going to ask you both this question. Okay, uh, and I'm going to start with you, Delaney. What are the wise words that you would like to offer up to the other girls and daughters of change who are listening to this podcast? I would say um, don't be afraid of stepping outside of your comfort zone because, you know, you learn so many things and it creates once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. An example of this is, like, this podcast for me. Um, I was kind of overwhelmed with the idea of doing this because I've never done anything like it before. But camp and, you know, JMG have been incredible experiences for me, and I'm happy to be sharing about them. Well, Delaney, you're doing a great job. You've been really, you've been a great guest. So trust me, I've done a lot of these things, and you're you're a great guest. So good for you. But I know it's scary. The first time you do something like this, it's super scary, and then you have to listen to your voice on audio, and then that's scary too. But <laughs> but really, very very, you've been very poised and very articulate. You've done a great job. And Vicky, how about you? What wise words would you like to offer up to the other girls and daughters of change out there listening? I think manage your time well and fill it with what you enjoy. Like, obviously, we've talked about it a little bit here. You have to manage your time well. Um, and we've talked about, like, work and play balance. you got to make sure that you enjoy what you spend your time on. You know, I remember, I know for the last few months, um, uh, I've been involved with a lot of school activities. And I've had to be very careful with managing my time to avoid uh, conflicts. But I enjoy it all. So that's what's important. And now, Tree, I'm going to ask you a little twist on that question. I'd like to know what wise words you have for the parents and adults who nurture young daughters of change. Absolutely. Simply, just be patient and be kind. Um, You want to listen to what they have to say and not just pretend to listen and and think you know what they're trying to get across. Uh, But it's just really important to listen to them. They are our future. Uh, We're also their role models, so it's important for us to try new things as well. Not only encourage them to try new things, but have them um, see us trying new things. And even if we don't do it perfectly, that we've had a good time and we tried. And to me, that's the most important thing is to have the girls see us not always be successful, but that we get back up and we try and we have a good time because we are there we are their role models and they're our future so we want to put our best foot forward very well said and how can the people listening support or even connect camp natarsui and the other girl scout camps they can connect i mean i always like to to encourage everybody if you don't already spend a lot of time outside please, you know, please go outside, take a, you know, take a walk, um, you know, go down to the river and just enjoy the sounds. But, you know, bring, bring your girls with you, have them enjoy that. The best thing you can do for them is to, um, you know, 
share with them your love and your enjoyment of being out in the out of doors. But as far as, you know, connecting with our camps, um, Girl Scouts of Maine, we have some awesome camps and, um, you know, we have volunteers, we have camp staff, um, you know, there's lots of information on our website, girlscoutsofmaine.org, that you can find out about volunteer opportunities either through our camps or even through our, with our troops. But, you know, we also have, uh, if you really love being in the out of doors, you can, you can become camp staff, which is awesome for us. Um, but we also have, as far as our, like our junior main guides or even our regular programs, we have volunteers that come up and, and come for a day and teach us specific skills. So if you, you know, if you're phenomenal at archery or map of area and you want to give a day or two of your time to, to teach these girls a skill, we would, we would love to talk to you. And you can go through our website and uh, connect with the appropriate person to be able to have you be part of that team. But, you know, also, you know, these these programs, there are a lot of supplies and equipment as far as tents and axes and um, cooking equipment. So if somebody had, you know, they wanted to donate a particular item, they could reach out through our Girl Scout website and um, and do that. Or they could make a donation uh, for a campership to help send a girl to camp, which is really important. Um, so, you know, if they have the ability to send in money for campership, uh, that would be greatly, you know, greatly appreciated. With much gratitude and thanks, I want to recognize our sponsor for the Passion to Action campaign, the First National Bank, whose strong tradition of service extends beyond their walls by dedicating resources to identify and fund critical areas of community need in their market areas. This includes programs that enhance the quality of life, instill pride, and promote important initiatives, including education and youth, health and human services, civic and community development, and culture and the arts. Thank you, First National Bank.